looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Money, Make Sense in Real Estate. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte, joined by my guest today, Adam Rain. Adam, how are we doing today, man? Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. So kind of backstory, background here. Um, we connected not too long ago. You were actually in Syracuse. You, you DM me to, to meet up. We grabbed some lunch. We had, a, we had a great lunch, had a great conversation. Definitely wish we had uh, more time that day, but uh, super glad to have you on the show talking about some real estate, talking about uh, real estate sales, the brokerage side of things. Um, but real quick, if you don't mind just introducing yourself to my audience, where you're from, where you are right now and what you're doing. Yeah, sure, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, my name is Adam Rain. I'm from Syracuse, originally from there. I spent my whole life there up until I graduated high school when I was 18. And then I moved out to Las Vegas, where I am now. Awesome. And what are you doing out in Las Vegas? Selling luxury real estate. Awesome. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I am quite, quite jealous of you, you know, selling that luxury real estate. I'm very happy for you. I'm happy where I'm at in life. But uh, you know, selling those nice, nice properties, getting to deal with some uh, higher end clientele is always, always a cool time. But I uh, talk to us, you know, real quick to set the stage. Um, you, you're super young. You're 20 years old right now, correct? Yep. And you've been selling real estate for how many years? Uh, November will be three years. Okay, awesome. So like you started super young, basically as young as you can, you could start you really did, which is I think super impressive. But uh, let the listeners know a little bit about how you got into real estate and how you selected the uh, the Las Vegas market. Yeah, so um, in when I was living back in Syracuse, going through high school, um, I came to visit my uncle one year out in Las Vegas. And he was selling real estate, but mostly focusing on the, the flipping side. And I saw some of the money that he was making with it. At the same time, I kind of fell in love with the city of Las Vegas, the energy here, the weather, um, and the opportunity with real estate. So um, right after high school, I decided that I was going to make the move. So I skipped out on college and got right into real estate from there. Yeah, that, I mean, that is awesome. I, I thought I was young when I got started into real estate at like 20, 21, but you, you certainly had me beat by several years. So I, I think that's awesome. And uh, talk to the, the the listeners a little bit about um, I guess you could say, you know, average price points. So in your area, what are the average price points you guys are tracking down? Um, what are the average price points you're typically selling? And uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your, your guys' strategy and we'll jump into that more. Yeah. So right now in Las Vegas, the average price point uh, last month, uh, the median came to 465, which is up an insane amount. Back when I started about three years ago, the average price was about 325. So it's gone up significantly since then, like it has pretty much everywhere. Uh, my average price point, uh, the luxury market here is considered a million plus. Um, right now, my average is uh, like 950 and some change um, just because I've had some smaller closings throughout the year so far. But uh, typical homes that we're selling are, you know, around the one to two million range. Yeah. Kind that, of bread and butter. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's phenomenal. Are you guys focusing more on uh, listings or working with buyers or like kind of a, a happy median of both those? You know, I try to keep it like 60, 40. So 60% listings, 40% buyers. Um, just cause I know that, you know, with focus, a focus on listings, you're bound to get buyers from that eventually from open houses and things like that. So focus on the listings and the buyers come along with that. 
Yeah, most definitely. You know, li- listings are always like the, you know, the, the crown jewel of real estate. You want to be with the listings because, you know, I don't want to say you're guaranteed a sale, but there's a very high probability that the property is going to sell. So, you know, you're going to get one versus if you work mm-hmm. with a buyer. There's no guarantee you're going to find a home they like and their price point or that an offer is even going to get accepted. And then, right. and, you know, in today's market, we're in a seller's market. So you continuously have the upper hand when you're trying to sell a property versus trying to, you know, get a buyer into a property. And, uh, you know, it, it's good for, for business, for repeat business or um, getting more clients, whether it is buyers or sellers. Uh, you know, when I first got started in the business, I didn't have any referrals. I didn't have, uh, you know, a real big lead source. So what I would do is I would uh, call some of the agents in my office and just say, hey, I see you've had this listing up for about a week. Um, how about I host an open house for you uh, just to get some more exposure on the property, get some more people in the door. And, you know, that helps both ways because, A, you know, it gets their property basically as a revolving door, people coming in and out. But then for the same time, it's it's giving them more exposure and then hopefully I'm getting some buyers that way. And I found that to be pretty successful. Um, w- would you kind of sh- share in that mindset? Yeah, as far as like what I'm doing to, to prospect and whatnot? Uh, it, just like kind of the 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 open house listing uh, part. And then let's talk about your prospecting. Yeah, sure. So uh, I focus on I focus on listings. And like I said, the buyers kind of just come along with it. And along what you, the lines of what you said, right? So listings, there's a listings are leverage is what we say, right? Yep. So oh, yeah. a lot less time consuming than spending time with a buyer driving around looking at houses, writing offers, especially in today's market. Whereas, you know, putting a house on the market, it essentially, I mean, it's, you know, it's, like you said, a guaranteed sale. And it takes a lot less time and effort than a buyer would typically. Yeah. And talk to us about uh, that prospecting. It's like, what are you doing right now to uh, find sellers, find buyers? Where are you pulling leads from? How does that look? It's, you know, that's, that's like the big question, especially anyone that's an agent, they're trying to figure out maybe what other agents or other successful agents are doing to generate leads. Yeah, sure. So typically, um, I mean, honestly, I've had success in just connecting with people face to face for the most part. So the way I like to do that is by door knocking. And that's my main lead source. And I sold a decent amount from door knocking directly. Um, and then I kind of use cold calling along with that. I'll call in the same areas that I, I door knock in just to, to use it as another form of hitting those same people. But for the most part, door knocking, direct face-to-face contact is, is the best way to, to connect with people on a, a deeper level, which you know results in business long-term. Yeah. I mean, door knocking and cold calling, you, you got to a have some thick skin for that, but it also yeah. it's, it, it can be difficult and it can be really discouraging. I think too, you know, if you're, if you're sitting down for, you know, a few hours and you're making calls, making calls and you're either getting no answers or getting no's or getting hung up on, or like we were saying, you get a really disgruntled person and it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of comical in that point, <laughs> but it, it's tough. And especially in sales and especially in real estate, we're trained to, uh, take no very easily. We take rejection very easily because we get it a lot, but we know each no is closer to a yes, essentially. Um, especially with the door knocking too, you know, that can be fairly exhausting, but um, you and I were talking about how you door knock and I found it to be really unique and really interesting. And like the approach you took, I was like, you know, Adam, when, I've never door knocked before. Yeah. When you, when you door knock, I said, you know, what are you saying to these people where you're not being annoying, you're not being weird, but you're actually gaining business off of that. And you gave me a, a real good breakdown. If you want to basically tell me uh, or tell the audience what you told me, uh, what are you doing when you door knocking? How does that go? Absolutely. Yeah. So I focus on a select few communities um, 
this is kind of what I, I I've done some other, um, you know, I spoke at a different events and things like that, talking about how I door knock and my strategies. And this is what I typically tell people is to find communities that are, you know, type of house that you want to sell. So for me, it's neighbors that are selling at a million plus and a, a few neighborhoods or, you know, a single neighborhood that come to between probably 250 and 500 homes is kind of that sweet spot where it's enough opportunity to get listings, but it's also not too big where you're going to start having people falling through the cracks, right? right? So yep. 250 to 500 is a good number to kind of focus on. Um, so with that, that those select few communities, I will door knock them once per quarter. Uh, and the, typically I can get them out all knocked out in the first month of every quarter. So the first wow. month of every quarter, I'm knocking those doors. And then after that, uh, I'm cold calling them and sending letters and things like that. But as far as the door knocking goes, so I typically start out in, um, you know, community I've sold the house in. So I'll say, Hey, my name is Adam with the, the Sam Coleman luxury groups, the team that I'm on. And I'm the one that just sold the house down the street uh, a couple months back, but we still have buyers that want to be in this neighborhood and there's really high demand in this area. So I was just curious, do you know of anyone else in the neighborhood that might be considering selling? And so the first question is, I'll know, stop you right there real quick. I'm just, I just want to break that down. So like that first part, you already have the upper hand versus let's say another agent that is door knocking. You're saying, Hey, I'm Adam with such and such team. Or remember that house that just sold six doors down or, you know, two blocks down. I sold that, you know, that was our listing or I brought the buyer for that. So right off the bat, you are uh, making yourself known. You're not just some random dude coming in off the street, just saying like, oh, I want to target this neighborhood. You've already done a little bit of business in there. So I think that's that right there is a big key takeaway. Um, and then you said, do you know of anyone that's looking to sell in this neighborhood? I think that's really smart because you're not like, do you want to sell? Like you want to sell your house? Like you're not really like approaching them directly, but you're like, hey, do you know anyone that is looking to possibly sell in this neighborhood? I've got a buyer ready when psychologically in the back of their head, they're like, oh, I think I might want to sell. And that's kind of, you know, that hook, line and sinker. But I, I keep going. So you were saying first question. Exactly. Yeah. So the first question, the um, or when the first line, when you say this is who I am, it gives you instant credibility, right? They're like, okay, yeah, I remember seeing that house. Because most people, um, from my experience, people in the neighborhoods, they tend to keep track of it pretty well. They, oh, yeah. Yep. Everyone's interested in what values are and whatnot. So I start out with that line. And then obviously when you're brand new, you haven't sold anything there yet. So that's why I think it's important to leverage your, your, whether it's your team, if you're on a team or if you're a solo agent, leverage your office. Exactly. I guarantee that, you know, if you work in a specific area, there's a good chance that an agent has sold a house in there at some point in the last year or so. Right. And you can even use that, you know, Hey, we sold that house last year and that's perfectly fine. And then, like you said, to your point, um, that first question is to kind of bring that wall down and takes the attention off of them because they're expecting, oh, this guy's knocking on my door. He's going to try to you know, get me to sell my house now. When you ask about the, if they know anyone in the neighborhood, that brings that wall down immediately. And then they're usually going to say, no, I don't know anyone. And that's when you go in for the kill, right? So, yep. okay, what about you for the right price? Would you consider selling or have you had any thoughts of selling? If they say yes, then you go, perfect. What's that number? You want to find out how much they need to make sure it's realistic. Yep. That you need to ask them where they're going to move to. Okay. So if we got you that number, where would you be moving to? Um, that's to figure out their motivation. You know, maybe they'll say, Oh, we want to downsize or we're going to head back home to uh, you know, a different state. Okay, perfect. So if we found you that home, um, you know, smaller home and got you the price that you want for this house, would you be able to make that happen in the next 30 to 60 days? And that's just to make sure that, you know, they're not six months to a year out from wanting to sell. Right. Um, you want to make sure it's, sometime in the immediate future that they're going to be ready to go. And then from there, you set the appointment. 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, and, and talk about, I, I believe it was, I might be mistaken. It was something else. I believe there was like an older couple that you door knocked and it ended up working out. I mean, it, talk to us a little bit about how that went, you know, with listing appointment, all that. And if you had to go back or did you actually seal the deal right in the spot, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So one of them, uh, I went through that whole script. Um, and then, um, so it was, it was actually my first sale from a door knock was actually the same sort of thing. I used that same script. We had just sold one in the neighborhood, um, like right across the street and sold for a crazy high price compared to everything else had up until that point. And I knocked on this guy's door and he was like, yeah, he said yes to every question. So yeah, I want this much. I want 1.5 million. Um, I would be moving back to Utah in, into my vacation home permanently. And I could move out, uh, tomorrow if you can get me 1.5 million. All right. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Set the appointment, go back, uh, you know, go to the listing appointment presentation and everything. And he's good to go. He signs the dotted line and we bring a buyer in and sold it on the first showing. Wow. That is, that's awesome. I mean, I, I wish every transaction could be like that, uh, yeah. especially at 1.5 million, because that's like uh, a, a tenth of my year, you know, in one transaction <laughs> here, because, you know, our, our median sale prices, <coughs> excuse me, significantly lower, you know, $300,000 lower than what, what you guys are currently seeing. So I, I think that's great. Um, Talk to us a little about, about cold calling. I mean, is that pretty similar as far as script goes, or is there anything that you're doing a little bit different? Uh, honestly, with circle prospecting, so basically just calling in uh, kind of that same general area as these neighborhoods. So for those areas, I'll uh, basically, yeah, call the same script and kind of ask around, hey, do you know anyone in the neighborhood that might be considering selling or uh, what you're, you're, you yourself, would you consider selling for the right price? So right. same sort of stuff doesn't really change just a, a little bit different over the phone. You got to use different tonality and whatnot to keep them on the phone a little bit longer sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of gain their interest. So what does uh you know, day-to-day -day look like for you? I know in real estate, no two days are, are similar, but uh, typically what do you do in day-to-day? -day? What are you doing to stay productive? Um, and some of the things you hate, but some of the things you actually really enjoy in the business. Yeah. So a typical day is I wake up and I hop on role play. So we role play our scripts every morning for half an hour. And then after that, I hop on a coaching call with a coach that I pay. Um, and that's just to, to get a different perspective. Right. So I have my team leader that helps me out a lot, but I also pay for a coach um, that gives me some other helpful tips and whatnot. And I kind of use both of those resources to, to change my business around a little bit and kind of use strategies that I, that I like from each of them. Yeah, most get on definitely. That coaching call, get on that coaching call. And then after that, I get right into dialing. So I'll dial for two hours, typically anywhere from sometimes one hour, depending on what I have going on that day, one to three hours. So I try to dial up until noon. And then once noon comes around, I'll take a little break to kind of refresh myself. And then after that, I'll uh, have my follow-up calls. So I'll follow up with leads from the past few days that I need to get back in touch with. And then in the afternoon, that's reserved for appointments typically. And if I don't have any appointments, then I door knock. Awesome. Yeah. So you're really trying to stay productive all day is what it really sounds like. And yeah. that's the business we're in. You know, what you, uh, what you kill is what you eat. And if you don't kill, you don't eat essentially. Um, you know, you and I were talking about that at lunch. We were just like, you know, one month will be like really good. It's like a 40, $50,000 month. But then the next month could be like a 2000, 3000 or $0 month. And it, you know, it's part of our business. It fluctuates. And with you guys, you guys are able to close on a deal in, you know, 30 days versus us in New York state attorney closing state. It's like 60, 75 days. If you're talking financing. So it's like, 
by the time you, you get a listing appointment, let's say you get it in January, you go through the showings, you accept an offer mid January, end of January, you know, then you're all into February, all into March. And then you don't end up getting paid on that house until maybe April or May, depending if there's any delays. So it's like, you know, we're, we're constantly preparing for the future. Um, talk to us a little about, uh, and any goals you have with your business, um, future projections or kind of what you want to be doing. Do you want to stay with a team, start a team, go on your own, or, or where do you see that going in the future? Yeah. So as far as uh, like kind of short-term goals for the year, my goal uh, for volume is 23 million and um, I'm just a little bit behind. So I'm at like, I'm at like 5 million at, the, at this point. So okay. trying, to, trying to ramp up the numbers a little bit um, and, you know, close out this quarter strong. So um, that's the kind of the short-term goal. And then long-term, you know, I'm, I'm, it's still kind of up in the air. I'm so young. I'm still trying to figure things out, figure out exactly what my purpose is, what my future is in, yep. in the real estate industry. So um, as time goes on, I think I'll figure out that a little bit more um, kind of debating, you know, maybe I'll start a team at some point or, um, or maybe I won't and just be a, a solo agent for the next few years and get into investing more. Not really quite sure where it's going to take me uh, right now. I'm just kind of focused more on the long-term goals. And then I think, uh, you know, those questions about the long-term future will be answered as time goes on. Yeah. And I mean, you're very young, you're only 20 years old. So you have so much time, so much future ahead of you. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm young like you as well. So like for the same thing, as far as the horizon goes, it's still really far, but you know, you and I taking the steps to set ourselves up for the future. Um, mathematically, we should be, far superior and far more ahead than a lot of people um, mm -hmm. our age or even people older than ourselves, maybe even our parents. I don't know. Um, yeah. it, and that's, that's the beauty of, you know, being able to take action and do what you need to do in your business and in your life. So obviously you didn't go to school. Um, I went to school for a semester and that was very short lived and mm -hmm. uh, you know, just starting your own business, whether that's a, a you know, a real estate sales business or investing business, um, but starting and operating that. And, you know, there. There, there's ebbs and flows in, in all of it. And I think it's uh, Timothy Keller who has the book, uh, Big Shifts Ahead or, or Shift or something. Um, and he talks about that, how, you know, in the business, there's always ups and downs. And uh, I, I would definitely say in, in the housing market this month, we've seen a little bit of, of a slowdown um, just because of uh, interest rates, you know, uh, uncertainty in the economy, inflation, um, just a lot of stuff overall. So, yeah. Uh, these, you know, this business we're in, it, like I said, it has its ups and flows, its ups and downs, and uh, we just kind of, kind of stick with it. Um, yeah. How would you say? Do you think being younger, like yourself, does that prohibit you in the business at all, or hold you back in any standpoint? Does it pose any hurdles, or have you found it not to be uh, really too big of a deal, and and you just kind of keep moving forward? Yeah, you know, I, I learned pretty early on that it's really not that big of a deal. Um, and, and people kind of saw that. So I just learned that basically I need to, I need to know everything that I possibly can because that's yeah. going to give credibility as opposed to, you know, someone that you could have a brand new realtor that's 50 years old. They just got the real estate license and people might looking at them, they might see that they're more credible when it comes to buying or selling real estate just because they're older. Whereas, uh, you know, I, I know my stuff. So a, brand exactly. new, a lot of those things. Um, so once someone talks to me at an open house or something like that, then but just by the information that I give them, they can tell that I know what I'm talking about. And then they find out that I've been in the business for almost three years now. And a lot of times, to be honest with you, people are, are pretty impressed usually when they find out how old I am rather than, yeah. rather than like, 
you know, kind of scared or whatever to work with me, they, they right. be fast. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, knowledge is power. So mm-hmm. the more knowledge you have, the, the more professional you show yourself, um, age is really but a number. And, you know, I, I think we're both living, breathing examples of that. You know, you're, you start when you're 18, you're 20 years old. Now you're selling luxury multi-million dollar homes. I think that's huge. Not a lot of people can say that, but because like you said, you know, your stuff, you're very professional. And like you said, you talk to people, at open houses. I think that is my strength as well as when I get in front of someone and they kind of get to know me a little bit more, they get, uh, to feel out my personality a little bit. And I start to answer questions they have. They're like, Oh, this guy, you know, knows what they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's super important. I mean, definitely, like you said, you're selling multi-million dollar houses. I'm doing pretty successful in my business. You know, I've, I've worked with doctors selling them, you know, $600,000 houses, which is considered high in this area, um, mm-hmm. selling large commercial buildings downtown and, you know, Armory Square and this and that, um, and raising millions of dollars of capital, um, yeah. you know, at our age, we're young. And I think that's awesome. So I think, again, we have a, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot in store for us in our future and a lot of potential. And just, I know I sound like a broken record, but it just goes to show that at any age and any business, you can really uh, make an impact. So I, I love that. Yeah. Um, anything else before we switch over to our next section of the show, anything else you want to talk about in your day-to-day in your business or, or something that you think the listeners may find a little bit of value in? Um, you know, I, I bet there's probably a lot of uh, people that want to get into real estate that are listening Um, And people probably wondering, you know, is this for me? And maybe they're, maybe this will kind of give them an idea of exactly how, how it goes for other people and kind of use that as an inspiration for them. Um, That's kind of my hope for this too. Uh, You know, I really hope that like on social media and stuff, that's kind of my goal is to just spread the word that like, this is possible for pretty much anyone, as long as you're willing to to put in the work. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I always tell people, you know, I get a lot of people that message me and say, Hey, I want to get started in real estate. And I'm like, okay, you know, just make sure you have another job because you're not going to have a paycheck or a steady paycheck or income for mm-hmm. a little while. Um, and, you know, it definitely works out better when you're younger. Now that, you know, I'm married and I have a, a kid and, you know, a, a lot of other things, I can't take as much risk as I would have been able to take two, three, even four years ago. Um, yeah. So I'm always telling people, you know, when you get started, make sure you, you have systems in place, make sure you have other income or a, a large savings and you can take that risk. So I, you know, I think that's a, uh, a pretty big piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I want to switch over to our next section of the show called the curious cues. So Adam, these are questions I ask all the guests that come on the show. We'll get your answers for them and we'll, we'll move on. Sound good. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Uh, first question we have is favorite podcast you enjoy listening to, and it doesn't have to be, you know, real estate related. Favorite podcast. Uh, it's probably a tie between um, Graham Stephens, the iced coffee hour. That's a great one. Um, as well as Ryan Pineda, the Ryan Pineda show. Uh, He's a local real estate investor in Las Vegas, and he's really blown up on social media the past couple of years. So it's cool to to kind of hear a local's perspective on different real estate related topics too. Oh yeah, most definitely. Ryan's definitely blown up in the last few years, like you were saying. And then Graham Stephan. So I want to say he was the first ever real estate podcast I listened to. Uh, He was a guest on Bigger Pockets, I think, years ago, probably four or five years ago. And that was like the first real estate podcast I actually listened to that made me want to like invest in real estate, but also uh, sell real estate in a standpoint as well. So great, great suggestion there. Um, how about favorite book you enjoy reading? Again, doesn't have to be real estate related and you're more than welcome to name two or three if you'd like. Favorite book at the moment would probably be um, The Greatest Salesman in the World 
by, I think it's Og Mandino is the name of the author. And have you read that one? I haven't read that one, no. No, it's a good one. The greatest salesman in the world. So it's really about the the mental aspect of selling versus, um, you know, the technical side of things. So it's more about like getting out of your own head and getting out of your own way and things like that. I'm really big into the the mental aspect of things um, as far as like, you know, keeping yourself motivated and, and doing the work. Because as you know, it's, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the, um, you know, the money and stuff and slack off a little bit and, um, you know, the mental side of it really helps keep you on track. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I think 80% of the game is, is mental, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, keeping yourself on track, keeping yourself in check, because again, we get a lot of no's, we get a lot of, uh, you know, denials essentially. And so we just kind of keep that in check, keep moving, keep pushing forward. So I think that's, uh, that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, how about biggest hurdle in real estate? So like what, what's something that you, you know, difficulty you've had to overcome in the business? Uh, biggest hurdle so far. It was, I mean, it was probably my first year. So I got licensed in November of 2019. And then um, I was still working a nine to five job at that point while I was uh, taking my initial licensing classes and whatnot. So I didn't really start working until basically the first week of January of 2020. So as we all know, three months later, the world shut down. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do open houses here. You couldn't show, show houses really um, for a period of time. So the world was kind of on hold three months into my career, and I really had no idea what was going to happen, what was going to be the outcome of this whole thing. So it was really scary, you know, not being able to work essentially. And I had just quit my job in December. So here I am without a job, just getting real estate, and now that's on hold. So that was definitely the biggest hurdle. Uh, first year in real estate did not go as planned, but, um, you know, it was a good learning experience. I ended up doing some flips with my uncle. Uh, I actually was doing the like construction aspect of things with him. So we got to learn that side of the business, um, which gave me kind of a, a better eye for different details as far as like construction goes when you're looking at a house. So that's been pretty helpful. So I look at it as a, an upside as opposed to a negative. Yeah. I mean, definitely what you just said there, kind of like knowing the ins and outs of a house, I think is super important. So like that, that is value that I can give my clients is, you know, I, I flipped houses, I've renovated apartments, I've renovated houses, but I've also done the hands-on work. Like I, I physically gutted an entire house myself over a year and, and renovated it. And, you know, throughout that process and a lot of construction books I've read and, you know, online uh, programs I've gone through, you know, mm-hmm. I can tell you what's going on here, here, there, you know, all these different things. And I think clients take a lot of value in that when they're working with an agent that can say, oh, you know, um, what's this? Oh, this is, you know, so-and-so, or this is a power vent hot water tank um, instead of like a regular, you know, uh, gravity fed hot water tank, or what type of furnace is this? Or uh, mm-hmm. what construction is this load bearing wall? Obviously I try not to get too much in the load bearing, but like, you know, <laughs> you, you can tell and just kind of educate them. And, and mm-hmm. these things here, you know, what type of roof is this? It's a 30 year architectural asphalt shingle. It's not a three tab 20 year shingle, or just being able to add value to someone like that, I think is really important or if they see something on the property, that's like a red flag. And you're like, well, no, don't be concerned. That's actually pretty simple. It's pretty normal. Maybe it's just like a settling crack or settling crack or something, or just like little minor things because, you know, people don't do this all day. So if you're, you know, a first time home buyer, you're buying a house and you don't know, you could see something that really uh, can throw you off. And so like perfect example, I uh, had a new client. We went to go see a house and she's like, Oh gosh, like I would never buy this house. Like the water pressure in, in the master bathroom is terrible. 
And I was like, oh, you know, well, hold on one second. So like I went underneath, I adjusted the pressure. And I was like, no, they just turned the pressure down. Like, it's totally fine. She turned it on. She's like, oh my gosh, like I would have not bought this house just because I thought there was something wrong with the plumbing. And, mm-hmm. you know, just stuff like that is really good to add value versus a real estate agent that literally has no idea what they're talking about. And they come in, they're just like, that's a great looking house. It's got an open floor plan. You know, it, they just say like the, the, the really mainstream stuff. So I think that's really good that you, you gain that experience. Um, and, and it certainly helps, especially like uh, another piece is like having contractors available. Um, if a home buyer needs something fixed on their home before they list, or they go to close and they need something done, adding value is like, Hey, I've got these great contractors I worked with before. I'd be happy to refer them to the U and they're just like, Oh my gosh, look, that'd be so great. So I I think that's definitely a a tip and trick there. Mm -hmm, For sure. Uh, how about favorite non-real estate related hobbies? So like, what do you enjoy doing in your free time when you're not working? Uh, pretty much golf. Golf is really the only thing I do. Golf. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But golf is like the main hobby. So yeah, it's just nice to get out in nature and, you know, do something fun once in a while. Yeah. I, I, if you're any good at golf, I envy you because I started golfing a, a few years back and I don't go very often. I didn't go last year at all, but I'm God awful. And I would, I'd love to get better. So that's awesome that you're, you're able to do that. Yeah. Um, how about newbie advice? So what advice would you give to someone that's looking to get started in real estate, you know, get their license and get off on the right foot? Mm-hmm. I would say the the first step is to find a mentor that's in a place that you want to be someone that you would be okay with switching places with right now. So, you know, it's, it's really hard business to figure out and, um, you know, starting out in a place that I didn't really learn much from the people that were supposed to be there helping me. Um, I think I would have really fast tracked my progress even faster had I aligned myself with affiliated myself with someone that was in a place that I wanted to be. Yeah, definitely. I think that's great. And like uh, a mentor or like you were saying, uh, you joined a team. I, mm-hmm. I think that's great. You know, joining a team is a, is a phenomenal way to get started because uh, you're learning from someone that's doing it. You're learning systems, processes, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe you're not making as much, but reality is you're probably actually making more because even though you're splitting it with the team, the house, uh, you're essentially making money that you wouldn't have made because they're going to maybe feed you leads, help let you work with the buyer. And, you know, that's definitely going to let you get started and learn those systems, processes, and how it all works uh, in place. So I think that's, that's super important. And getting a mentor, like you're saying, someone you'd switch places with right now, uh, I think that's great advice. I think that's really good. So, uh, Adam, this has been phenomenal. If you don't mind just letting the listeners know, uh, if they want to get in contact with you, if someone's looking to buy some real estate in Las Vegas, um, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So, uh, best place for social media is adam.rain on Instagram. Uh, so you can feel free to DM me on there. If you have any questions, give me a follow as well as, uh, you know, feel free to give me a call or shoot me a text. It's 702-488-7474. And feel free to get in touch with any questions about, uh, Vegas real estate or anything real estate related. Awesome. Appreciate you coming on. It was great talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.